Let's go. Welcome to the Loans on Demand podcast, the show where we flip the real estate status quo on its head and put loan officers into the driver's seat. We, we, we give you all the tools, strategies, resources, and mindset needed to modernize your mortgage business and thrive. And my name is Luke Shankula, aka Longform Luke, and this is the Loans on Demand podcast. I hope you're ready for the Loans on Demand podcast. Hey, what's going on? Welcome to the Loans On Demand podcast, the show where we help loan officers flip the status quo on real estate agents and put loan officers in the driver's seat. And today I'm excited to have Ryan Niles on the show. Ryan is a branch manager out of your Seattle, Washington area. Uh, you did $125 million for 240 units last year, which is incredible uh, and is already on pace to, uh, to hit those same numbers this year. Uh, and, and that's crazy. So what are you doing? What, 75 mil already this year? crazy man how you doing well man it's good to see you it's been a while i know you and i've kind of ran into each other at a couple of things so uh, yeah. pre-covid so it's good to good to see uh you again and catch up a little bit but yeah we're at about 75 million year to date um 135 units um so far and that's through july so i'm, I'm excited to see kind of how we end 2021 here yeah, man. How's, uh, you know, obviously we'll get into a little bit of background about you, but how's uh, your market a little crazy up there, right? Yeah. So, you know, Seattle area, as you know, you being in San Diego, right, you can relate. Um, it's, it's gangbusters up here nationally, as we all know, we're having kind of an inventory crisis. So we're 20, 25 offers on a house. How do we separate our buyer from the pack there to try to get them to win? It's, it's, it's a grind, but you know, it's getting a little bit better. We've seen some um, kind of calming the last three to four weeks, but you've really got to kind of be on your A game up here to, to do business right now, just because of, you know, sheer competition. Awesome, man. We'll, we'll talk about that in a second, man. I'm sure you got some pretty creative ways to, to get your clients into contract, things like that. But before we get there, let's go ahead and just talk a little bit about yourself, man. Introduce yourself, you know, how long you've been in the business, uh, you know, and, and just talk about your journey, man. I'm, I'm sure it hasn't always been uh, sunshine and roses and banner years like 2020, 2021, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, anybody that's been in this business for all, it's, it's just, there's no, you know, there's no silver bullet, right? It's just grinding and it's hard work. So I've been in the business 15 years, uh, got into it when I was 25, I'm 40 now, and uh, grew up in the Seattle area, moved to California for a couple of years, but basically just through random, you know, complete randomness, got into the mortgage business through uh, a friend and just came back up to Seattle and, and started working for Countrywide Home Loans, which I'm sure some of us remember <laughs> the biggest residential lender in the U.S. And that's kind of where I got my feet wet. But sure. I was, just did a solo journey for a lot of years, worked at a retail bank, worked at correspondent lenders. I never was actually in the broker world, which I think a lot of the of us um, that watch you were kind of in that broker arena, which is awesome. I, I just never entered that space. So with the company I'm at now, Cornerstone Home Lending, we're a correspondent lender. So we have, you know, 100 plus lines of credit with different investors um, that we kind of shop the loan through, but everything stays in house with processing and underwriting. Sure. Um, I've been here almost 11 years now. So I kind of, I found a home I really like the morals and kind of the ethics and convictions of the company I'm at and, you know, bouncing around is hard on a loan officer's business. So as soon as you can find like-minded people and in a place that resonates with you, that you feel good about, you can kind of start to catapult your success that way. Yeah. Um, yeah. The cornerstone's kind of been that home for me, but 
yeah, the journey's been up and down some banner years, some, some tough lean years where you're questioning yourself and (laughs) is this profession for me? But I think just really kind of that end goal of helping people and taking it, you know, one client at a time, it's always been kind of the goal. And that one client a month now turns into five, 10, 15, 20 clients a month you get to serve. So, um, you know, it's that snowball effect and that's where we're at now. And it's, it's been a fun ride for sure. Awesome, man. Yeah. I know you got a couple of people on your team. You're still keeping it pretty lean, but, uh, yeah, man, that's, that's incredible. 125 million. Um, you. you know, that's, uh, that's, I mean, you know, I, I don't know how many people you know, hope and wish for, for those types of numbers and you've obviously achieved, uh, you know, something that a lot of people, you know, can't or, or, or never will or, or want to, you know, aspire to, to do. Right. So that's, that's incredible, man. Uh, kudos to you. So, uh, real quick, let's talk a little bit about how you, you got there, man. I mean, you know, I'm sure you do some cool things for, uh, for your, for your partners, things like that. But tell us a little bit, like, how are you going out there? What are you doing to get business? Um, and, and how have you grown so fast or, you know, how, how did you hit such a crazy number last year? Yeah. I mean, so last year was a unique year, right? Cause I think with COVID, everyone was trying to figure out like, is this going to crush the the real estate mortgage industry or, or not? And it, it did the opposite as we've all seen. Sure. With rates plummeting. And so we did a lot of refis last year. We had a good book of business with past clients, which is great, but you can't rely on that every, every year um, right. for rates to drop to historically low levels and, sure. and buy your whole book. So this year we've had to pivot a little bit and we do a couple of things that I think are really good. And I think it's just finding what you enjoy doing. The great thing about the mortgage business is that there's so many ways to to gain a client or referral partner. So you have to kind of figure out what resonates with you. And is it something you'll actually do and get some kind of enjoyment out of? We're definitely in the referral business and we don't, I don't like to cold call or anything like that, but you know, first time home buyer classes has been huge. Sure. If anybody, you know, after, um, I don't know if Luke, if you'll give their, uh, you know, anyone listening, my contact info, but I can send anybody, kind of what we do uh, to teach for first time home buyer classes. We're doing it through zoom now because of uh, you know, COVID a lot of times we would teach locally at libraries and just uh-huh. success with getting the message out. People would sign up for the class for free. We get 10 to 15 people in a class. I'd be in a library setting, which is, you know, educational based. There's no selling concept to it. And then we would teach them for a couple hours and get a lot of business that way we've taken that concept to zoom now. And so I'm teaching classes just like you and I are talking right now. And people are in the comfort of their own home and their sweatpants, just kind of learning like, Hey, how do I buy a house? Sure. Those with real estate agents. And that's a huge pillar of our, of our business. And so that's one. And a second thing we've done this year with great success is we started a real estate syndicate group and I'll show you guys. So I just, we got some swag created and I, I don't know if you can see this, but it's called a Emerald city real estate syndicate is the name. That's dope. And I did this through Nick Carpenter and his guys, but we basically have created on Facebook, a private page that a group, excuse me, that we invite certain agents to, and we've, we're adding monthly classes and content in there. That's something any of you, you know, can do it. It takes a while to get it up and running, but, um, right now we have 102 agents in this group and I'm, we're posting content in there all the time. And it's really, how do you help an agent get more buyers and listings? Sure. And 
we do monthly uh, classes that we host. And uh, again, through Nick's group, we're helping to do that. We've had great success with that, with just people being appreciative of kind of flipping the script again on instead of a loan officer kind of begging the real estate agent for business. Well, let's offer them value with no expectation of them having to give us anything back in return and just do that consistently over time. And it's starting to pay off. Agents are really busy right now, as I'm sure you know, they don't really have time for lenders. So even if they're not constantly giving you praise and accolades and saying, hey, this content's great, they're looking at it. We can see that they're viewing it. And we've gotten, I don't know an exact number, but it's at least 20 new agents this year that have sent us business that would have not had we not started this private group and been kind of giving back to them just to go, hey, the market's not going to always be this hot. So when it does calm down, you're going to probably want a lot of what's in this group that you probably don't feel like you need now because everybody's listing their house or there's a ton of buyers. And so they're not really feeling like they need to, to do and implement new things. Sure, sure. Um, that's not going to last. And I think next year is going to be kind of a time where, you know, a lot of agents are going to go, all right, I'm starting to slow down. Well, this content's really good. I haven't been taking the time in 2021 to look at it. And our hope is that we're just going to continue to kind of pour back into these agents and help them grow. Cause that's really kind of my passion is helping our partners do more business and then kind of helping our clients um, manage their mortgage and their, their wealth better through real estate. And so um, we do another thing, Luke, I can talk to you guys about, which is called sure. the Art of Home Ownership Program. Sure, sure. Um, basically, it's through Ryan Grant, who's a, one of the top producing loan officers in the country. He's down in Newport Beach, California. I like how he does business and it kind of resonated with me. But basically, this Art of Home Ownership Program is a, is a platform that we kind of subscribe to. It is a paid service that our team pays for but it's basically seven things that the clients will get. And so one thing is to get what's called a wealth digest for any of you guys that have heard of the company Homebot before. Yep. That's, that's the best rate of return as far as an investment tool that we've gotten back, which is basically a monthly, monthly report that our clients get to kind of specifically show them on their own property, how much equity do they have? What should we do with that equity? And it, helps spur conversations for your clients to buy a second home, buy, you know, investment property. Should I do a cash out refinance and put my kids through school? This is something that all of our clients opt in to get. They love it. It's not the open rate on it is about 70%, which is really high statistically. Sure. For emails. Yeah, yeah. It's and so that's been, that's one of the pillars that is part of this platform that we give to clients on a monthly basis. Another is called a home concierge service. So client gets into the house and well, what do you do as far as upkeeping it? Right. A lot of us, I'm not, I'm not good with my hands. I'm not a carpenter. Like I don't, when yeah. I bought a house, I had no idea how to maintain it. Sure. So they get access to a home concierge service through a company called house happy. And again, if any of you are interested in any of this stuff, just ping me and I'll, I'll send you info. Um, but the clients are able to kind of request services like a handyman. Uh, if they want to paint the walls, if they want to redo the carpet, pressure wash their driveway, 
that's all accessible to get quotes and get vendors through this service. And then they can also see, you know, type of paint in their house, the appliances, they'll have a guy go out to the property uh, for free. And they do kind of a 500 checkpoint synopsis of the home, take photos, and it all gets uploaded into this online platform that the clients access. It's, it's amazing. Like I use it all the time for our own house with my wife and I, and it kind of is just a good uh, record keeper of what you do to your home over time. So when you end up sure. selling it years down the road, you can go, I did this, this, and this to my house. It's all uploaded in the records. Here's everything I've done to the property. And it just helps you maintain it better to keep this asset, which is your home at its optimal level. And so that's another service we do. And then there's a myriad of other things like annual reviews that we do for clients. It's this robust service that we are giving back for free to our clients. And what it does is it lets them think of us not just as a loan officer, but kind of as a, these guys care about not just the transaction with me, but like afterwards, they're keeping in touch with me. They're offering me all these really cool tools and I don't have to pay for any of this. Right. And Luke, the reason why we do this is I think having an epiphany is like in this business right now with everybody, you either have to be the cheapest or you have to offer a ton of value. You cannot be in the middle because if you're in the middle, you're going to get, you're going to get extinct in this business. And I think it's going to start happening, you know, next year because you got a lot of these fintech companies coming in. You got a lot of the online lenders like, you know, better.com, Rocket Mortgage. They spend millions of dollars marketing where I don't have the, I don't have millions of dollars to spend on Super Bowl commercials and all that. And so how, how do you compete with that, which is just mass marketing to potential buyers and people wanting to refinance? Well, that part of the market's hard to compete against. And so if you're a broker and your rates are better than mine as a correspondent, which I guarantee you a lot of, a lot of you on the call, if we rate shopped each other and compared apples to apples, you're probably beating me by about an eighth percent rate right now. Our rates are really good, but we're not a broker. And that's something that is really hard for us to compete against. Sure. So I have to be able to offer enough value to justify the rate that I charge. And a lot of that comes from, the education, the knowledge, and just the, the platform of services that we're offering to clients after the, the loan is closed, because most lenders don't do a good job of keeping in touch with their clients. They do the transaction, they say congratulations, and then they might reach out to them every year, if that. We're keeping in touch with clients on a monthly basis, and we're, we're doing it not through spam or just generic emails. It's through specific catered tools that benefit them on their exact house, and that's why we're getting a ton of referrals and a lot of thank yous from, hey, my friend wants a service. How does he get access to it? I'm like, just send, just send me their info. We'll get them on for free. Family members, people are starting to ask because they're not getting this from their current lender at all. And that's where this is starting to become a game changer. So, you know, Art of Home Ownership's been the 2021 kind of tool for us that we've had great success with um, because we have to be different as opposed to being the cheapest. Because if I'm in the middle, I'm not going to probably do well or last in this business. And I think that's the decision our team had to make this year. 
Well, and I, I, what I love about that is, is there's a saying is like, if you can't be the cheapest on the market, there's no strategic advantage to being second cheapest. Right. So like someone like Walmart came in and they just decimated the industry. Amazon decimated the industry because they were, they, they had a strategic advantage to being the cheapest because they have scale. Right. And so a lot of times these people that are at scale can, can do that. Um, but, but how do you create value? I, lo I love the fact that you're, you're finding different ways to create value. Right. And that's the biggest thing that, you know, this, this podcast is all about is like, how can loan officers be different than the average person than the average person that's cold calling realtors on a Monday saying, Hey, I've got the best rates. I, I pick up my phone all the time and we have good turn times. Right. Like, you know, those are all, that's what everybody's saying at the same time. Right. And so what, what is, what is the things that you can do to stand out from the crowd? Right. And so, you know, you're doing things like having a Facebook group or giving value there. I, I, I want to get back to also talking about your, uh, your, your, your online seminars. Cause I think that's a huge way to leverage. Um, I'm huge. Obviously I'm a marketer, right? So I'm huge about direct to the consumer. How can the, how can the loan officer get direct to consumer? Cause the, 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 typical flow of business goes, you know, borrower decides that they want to buy a house. So of course, the one thing that they see is the house. So they go talk to a real estate agent who then passes that deal on back to loan officers. So how can loan officers get, get there before real estate agents so they can leverage that uh, to, to position themselves as, hey, you know what, I'm actually able to give back to you as well. Um, and, and you're doing more than just, hey, I'm doing these classes. You, I'm assuming what you're hosting it with an actual real estate agent. So you're bringing them in. Are you the one that's setting everything up though for those? Like, are you attracting everybody? Um, are they doing any of that? Or are you guys kind of working together? Or just, I just kind of want to dive a little bit into that as well. Yeah, no, great question. And honestly, so Luke, I know you through your business. And so you helped us successfully with long form leads through Facebook. And so parlaying that into, again, going directly to the consumer, not relying on, you know, I love real estate agents, but that's, if you were just relying on them for business, we're going to be in trouble, right? Right. You know, I get to the consumer first and, you know, millennials are online and that's typically kind of in the Instagram, Facebook sphere. And so we have to be able to market to them. And that's what we do is we do ads through Facebook and we have them linked uh, it gets sent to a landing page that we have, which is just called home. Uh, it's called homebuyerclassbootcamp.com is the name of our landing page. Uh -huh. And they sign up for classes that way. And we teach them for four to five hours, which sounds ridiculously long. Whoa. Yeah, we do it because they, in the state of Washington, if they attend these state sponsored classes, which they are, they actually get a homebuyer certificate that they can use to potentially qualify for down payment assistance program. Okay. okay. I don't know. I think, I don't know if California does. I know a lot of parts of the country have these. Some States don't. If you, if you do have something similar, that's great because a lot of the times we end up getting clients because we do those types of loans. But even if your state doesn't have them, this concept stays the same. Just, I would teach for a couple hours, keep it shorter and do it with a realtor. And you can kind of just do the A to Z of, how to get a mortgage, you know, talk about the market, but we're getting so many people that are signing up for this. And then we have kind of retention program where, you know, we're converting about 70% of the people that attend the class into closed clients. Wow. And it's, that's a huge amount. We're not getting 50 people a class that I wish we were, but I like a class size of about 10 to 15. And I think utilizing what you do well, Luke, and kind of helping with how do I get in front of the right people online. And that's the part that I'm not an expert on and I don't pretend to be. And so you've helped us again in the past do that with long form leads or even short, like 
any type of lead is fine, but I like the long form leads typically because we get more information from the consumer and they're more, right. but we can convert those at a pretty high clip. And so for yeah. me, they're trying to get to the consumer and you don't mind getting in front of a zoom and, and educating people. I think it's probably one of the best investments you can make in your business because you can help get the people there. And then it's just up to you as a loan officer to convert them um, once they attend. So are you, are you guys doing running through like slides? Are you just kind of doing Q and a, a little bit of everything or what's, what's kind of the, the, yeah. So specifics on that. And again, I can share anything that, that if you want to have that for anybody that you want to pass out, that's totally great. Sure. We have a PowerPoint that um, guys on our team use. I actually use just PDFs and share the screen mm-hmm. um, with kind of the flow of what we talk about, which is we try to keep it a little bit entertaining, but you know, some of this is dry, like (laughs) it's mortgage. Yeah. Talking about credit is not super sexy. So, but we talk about it and I think it's, how do you be competitive in this market? So uh, getting pre-underwritten fully by an underwriter is important closing in, you know, 15 to 20 days, which our team is doing consistently is a game changer right now. Um, They have to be able to waive financing in Seattle to get an offer accepted, which is basically equivalent to a cash buyer. So being able to explain why that's important to somebody who's never bought, they're like, they don't even know what that means. Like what does fully under it mean versus just getting a standard pre-approval letter? We talk about all that because what the point of the class is, is how do you buy a house in 2021, you know, as it's applicable today. And so these classes are kind of, um, some of it's tough love and some of it's just kind of an eye-opening experience for a lot of the, the class attendees. But we're, again, we're averaging about 10 to 15 a class, converting 70% of those. And it's the whole design of the class is to get a pre-purchase consultation afterwards. So sure. class and then everyone goes, what's next steps? So I go, well, we're going to email you tomorrow a link to, if you want, it's all free to sign up for a pre-purchase consultation. It's 15 minutes. I'm just going to learn more about you, get a feel for what you want to do, explain how our team works. And if you think it's a good fit, we'd love to work with you. If not, no hard feelings. And we book these 15-minute calls all day. Like today, this afternoon, we have six of them scheduled, and that's from a class we taught last Saturday. And so, so you guys doing these once a month, once a week, once a... One to two times a week. Oh, sweet. Okay, that's sick. Yeah. So Tuesdays and Saturdays is when we teach. And again, we've kind of tested the market on that. Um, Tuesdays to teach from like four to seven. In our case, we teach four to nine because it's a five hour class. Yeah. And then Saturdays and Sundays are good in the mornings. Yeah. Monday, Mondays and Fridays are horrible. Tuesdays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, and Saturdays are like the, the, the day, the, the days to do seminars or webinars, right? Because You know, Mondays and Fridays, no one wants to do anything on a Monday and Friday, everybody's checked out. So you don't want to do that either. But yeah, um, checked out on Friday for sure. So that's, that's awesome, man. That's, that's amazing. So, so doing that, doing the training, um, are you able to then, are you doing this with different agents every single week or are you doing it with, okay. Cause I was going to wonder like, do you, are you able to pass out these referrals or is it just whoever does that training gets those? Yeah. Referrals? Good question. So we do teach with a lot of the same agents and they, we've been teaching with them for years. So one I've taught with for over 10 years now. Mm-hmm. So we've taught, I mean, I don't, we've taught easily over a thousand classes together just because we do so many of them. Sure. So yeah, you want you, in our case, it works well with a lender and a realtor and having that consistency. We do get though, 
sometimes and the agents know it if they're if it's not a good fit we get a lot of these orphan clients that don't have a realtor and for whatever reason they're like i i just don't think that's the best fit or maybe they don't they don't know the area that the buyer wants to buy in so they ask for a realtor recommendation even though we taught with the realtor and we make sure to not obviously step on toes they get it but we are able to pass off to another realtor that's a better fit for the buyer sure um, and we also teach classes too, um, just on the financing side. And those are about an hour to hour and a half. So we'll do that. And then any leads from there, we kind of collect and then pass on to our realtor partners or a new agent. We want to try to earn their business. Sure. Sure. So I'm a huge fan of that. It's just being the gatekeeper of the lead. And then, you know, again, in this market, I'll call an agent for the, over the course of a year and they're not going to respond to me once, but if I have a 600,000 approved buyer for them, they're going to take that call. Yep. And then they get to see how we work. And then a lot of times they're like, all right, you guys are really efficient during the process. You do all the right things. Um, you, you gave me a buyer. So, you know, I'm going to throw you a bone here and see if we can do some more business together. So that's how we've typically got, you know, at least in the door with some of these agents. Sure, sure. Yeah. And I, and I think that's all you can really do. Um, as far as, you know, getting your foot in the door is, is, um, I mean, I, I think what the, the mistake people do is they, they give one deal and they're like, I want all your business. Um, you know, it's like, well, you haven't proven yourself yet. And I, and I think I've seen a lot of people where they just try to give a bunch of leads to, to real estate agents and they've actually burned relationships that way. Right. Because, you know, at the end of the day, like it's something you've learned is, you know, real estate agents don't want more work. They want more closings. Right. And so if you're just giving them more work by giving them a bunch of leads that they have to do a bunch of work on, um, that's not what they want. Right. They just want to close more deals. If you can give them those approved buyers, people that are ready to go out shopping, uh, people that are serious, man, that that's going to go a long way. Um, you know, and, and also obviously having a, a, a good, uh, good process in place. I think that's the other thing people miss is they, they, they try all these tactics when it's like, okay, the first things first, like you have to be a good loan officer. You have to have a good process. You have to have a good system to move people through. And, and I think people forget that. And the book that I, I mention all the time is never lose a customer. Again, it's a book that we've based a lot of our business off of is just how to create client experience, right? Because it talks, the, the book talks about the concept of like in the 60s, 70s, like 80s, you're just, you were pumped if you got something and it wasn't broken. Um, and then like, then it turned into like, Hey, you know, it needs to be here in a certain amount of time. Then Amazon showed up and it's like, Hey, if it's not here within two days, like it's taken so long. And right. so it's just been like this evolution of like, you know, Hey, if I just get my product, I'm happy to, Hey, like it needs to be like the experience needs to make, like, it needs to be amazing. I think about Apple and, and, and Zappos and these companies that they just do so well because their whole client, the, 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 the way that their client experience feels is just it just feels super premium. Um, and I think that's huge that people don't understand, like every touch point matters, every conversation matters. Every time that the client is calling you is an opportunity to improve your process. Cause like, Hey, if they're calling you asking for an update, you know, that means they've been up in the air and that means how many other people are feeling that same way. You know, yeah, I'm sure you, yeah, you agree. Exactly. Like that's a, that's a huge thing. I think you have to have a dialed in process and you have to be proactive in your communication. Cause if you ask a real estate agent or, or a buyer, what's important to you, they're going to say the same three or four things, right? You've, you've already heard these is, you, you know, a good rate. Yeah. Do communicative, right. You get, you're letting me know what's going on. Uh, in a lot of cases, you're 
competitive in your rate. You're, you're, it was a fair deal. You closed on time. And, you know, for a lot of us, it's like, well, what are you going to offer me after closing? That's not something a lot of people really care about because you're looking at just the transaction. So you have to take the widget down the conveyor belt and get it closed on time. Like that's just the cost of doing business. So you better be able to close on time and stress-free. Otherwise you're not going to work with that client again. But I think that's like 30% of the value we bring to a client. It, that it's most of it's before they even get into contract, getting them in a position to know about how we work and what they're going to get post-closing, but getting them fully underwritten, getting them educated so that they actually feel empowered and they know what they're doing versus just, I found a house, I talked to an agent, agent referred me to you and you know, what's your rate? There's, we never got a chance to educate that consumer. It's just, it's all transactional based now. And that's what we want to avoid. So the earlier we can get in front of the consumer, the better and, and add that value, which our team does well, I feel like the transaction is not that important. It's really not hard to do a mortgage. Like, honestly, everyone on this call knows how to do a mortgage and maybe some do it better than others in terms of efficiencies, but that's a small piece of the puzzle in terms of just value. And I think the other 60% we offer in terms of percentage of value is post-closing. And that's that art of home ownership program. And a lot of this stuff we're doing to help the client make good decisions on their mortgage, on their home over time with these, you know, free services that they get. So, you know, the value we bring to the table, I feel like as loan officers, I think a lot of us miss the mark when we're like focused just on the transaction. It's before the transaction and after, how is your business set up to get more referrals, have happy clients and really give back to them versus just what an ordinary expectation is of a loan officer. Right, right. And it's, I think it's the client journey, the client experience, again, just comes down to the whole process, right? And I think that's the big thing people miss, even like just going back to the lead conversation of like, you know, they, they, they don't understand that every step of the process is so vital to, to the longevity of this person, right? And I don't remember where I got this stat from, but um, someone, someone had mentioned that the average, you know, home buyer, you know, seven to nine transactions over their lifetime, right? So like you acquire a customer, if it costs you a thousand, two thousand bucks to acquire the customer, but you know, even $10,000, but you're able to do 10 transactions over their lifetime. Like it's going to be worth it. Cause you're able to, to do all that. Plus, you know, you're, if they're doing seven to nine transactions with you, then, you know, <laughs> like they're probably going to be referring you people, um, you know? And so, so it's like, how do you capture the, 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 mat, the, the, the vast majority of those transactions? Like, you know, you may not get all of them, but you know, if you get someone and you do the right stuff, like you said, you have art of home ownership, you have home bot, you have these drips that are going out um, that are providing value. And, you know, you're not having to do as much of the manual outreach. I think that's the other thing too, is, is you, you've, you've, you have embraced technology to make your job easier. Yep. And yeah, and you, you're not replacing what you do, right? Like there's something nice about a human calling you and having that, just the value you can kind of offer through, well, just relying on technology and all that. That's great. But at the end of the day, you're not going to scale your business and grow it a ton. You have to do both. Right. But, you know, technology is something that I've never been super savvy with and I was slow to adopt it, but having a good CRM and, and leveraging you know, third-party companies out there that are really good at a specific thing and taking all of this and implementing it into kind of one kind of platform 
um, to me is the best thing to do. And that's again, why I was so drawn to art of home ownership. It's taking all these different third-party companies that do really good, cool things and putting it under one umbrella. And it's all synced and, and synergized in a way that I think the clients like, and it's all, they, it's now a tagline that they know of. They're like, Oh yeah, I'm a, I'm an art of home ownership, you know, member with the Niles team. And people are like, well, what does that even mean? Like, Oh, here's what we get spurs up a lot of conversations. And so I think our client retention is as high as it's ever been. I don't actually have a metric. I would just be making it up, but we are able to see if clients do leave us, right. um, which is interesting. And it's, I'd say we probably lost about 10 to 15% um, last year. It's our fault. But at the end of the day, we had, we just didn't have enough time to get to everybody. Right. Right. Literally like just 12 hour days. My wife's like pregnant with our first and she's like, you are, you've got to get home. Yeah. Like, we couldn't service everybody. And yeah, it's, that's a good problem to have, but like that was part of it. And we apologize to them and we do annual reviews with clients is a big thing to check in once a year, just like you go to your doctor, your dentist and right, right. Get a physical checkup or get your teeth clean. We've got to be doing that for people. It's a disservice to them to just make them figure out how to manage their mortgage and real estate on their own. Um, it's a non-negotiable with our team. We have to do annual reviews. And most of our clients don't pick up the phone and we'll leave them a voicemail. We'll send them an email. We'll probably do 40% annual reviews with our past clients, but they do know we tried. And I think that goes a long way is they can expect that from us. Right, right. Um, so that's been a huge tool as well. That's, dude, that's, that's incredible, man. I, I think that, you know, uh, there's, there's a reason why you did so many transactions last year and, and you're on pace to do, I mean, you 75 million already this year, man. That's, uh, those are big numbers. And, and I think, I mean, you know, it, it feels like you have everything in place to just continue to scale it. Right. Like what's to stop you. I mean, other than, than capacity from running, you know, a seminar every day or to, or to spend a little bit more money, more money and have 50 people on these seminars and things like that. And so like, it, it just feels like with everything you have in place, you have a very, what I would call a scalable business, which I think is, is, is important as well, because I think so many times people get caught up in this whole, like, well, I'll just do everything myself. Cause then, you know, there's more profit margins and that this, that, and the other, but it's like, you know, I guess it depends on what you want, right? If you want to grow your business, you're not going to do it doing every single piece of the puzzle. And I think that's what sets, uh, you know, a lot of times the, the top producers apart from, from everyone else is they're, they're willing to delegate, right? I know you have a small team, but you know, they're, I'm sure they're doing a lot of the back end work so that you can focus on, you know, going out there and, and making it rain type of thing. Right. Yep. Exactly. There's a lot of lone wolves in the mortgage business. And I, it, there's nothing wrong with that, but it's like they process their own file. They do all their own marketing. You know, they obviously have to cultivate and get the leads, keep in touch with their agents. It's hard to do all of that on your own. And mm -hmm. so, yeah, you, you can scale a business, which is what we're trying to do. And it's like, how big do you want to go? Are you growing too fast? I mean, you can relate in your own business, right? With yeah. that's its own kind of separation. <laughs> There's pros and cons. I mean, yes, we definitely don't want to grow too fast and uh, we definitely don't and have everything break. I've never, I've never done that. What are you talking about? It's just the light. It's, it's kind of these type A personalities that we are. It's like full charging, want to just kind of take on the world and, and yep, yep. Everything. but yeah, I think that blend of like not being complacent and almost borderline lazy. And you're like, okay, we're great with where we're at. Let's just keep doing that. You got to constantly be pushing yourself and growing, but also 
being cognizant of the fact that you don't want to hire just to hire. Yeah. Yeah. That's not going to do you any good if you don't know exactly what that person's going to do. So um, I'm a huge proponent of like the core. You've probably heard maybe that. That's a, of course, of course I have. Yeah. Everybody likes to talk, talk trash, but I still think that there's a lot of good uh, elements, uh, you know, to that business yeah. model. The core is, I mean, I don't, I'm not a member anymore, but like, I like a lot of it. It's militant obviously, but it's, it's just get your stuff done. And I like that. No excuses right. done. And, and, you know, you have an obligation to your employees. You have an obligation to your clients to do, to give them the best that you have. And I like the aspect of just, you, you have to do the same repetitive things every day and there's no secret to success. And it's just a grind. It's boring. And you got to embrace it. Just people that want the silver bullet are chasing too many new ideas and things. It's you get distracted in this business easily, especially nowadays. And I think it's important to kind of stick to who you are, you know, keep your fundamentals and pick two or three things that you really want to implement that work for you and, and do that well. And then over time you can, you can scale it and do more things if you want, but don't take on too much. Well, and I, I agree. And I think there's, um, something to be said for patience, right? Yeah. You know, Gary V talks about it all the time, right? Gary, Gary Vaynerchuk, but you know, it's just being patient. Cause I think so many times people are looking for a return and you know, they're investing in marketing and they're investing in something or they're starting something new, you know, Hey, I'm going to start doing organic marketing on Facebook. And you know, they post three or four times, like I didn't get any deals from it. So I'm going to stop, yeah. you know, and like never, never putting in the time that it takes to, to, to actually see results or to see if, the, if it doesn't work for you, right? Like, because you can't make a determination on almost anything that you do within the first couple of weeks or months. It takes, you know, a year or two years of like, all right, is this working for the business in the right way? And I think that's the biggest thing that, you know, I think too many people just move from thing to thing without allowing anything to actually work. And like, nothing works. You know, Legion doesn't work. Marketing doesn't work. Facebook doesn't work. This doesn't work. That doesn't work. Cold calling doesn't work. It's like, okay, well, you made a hundred calls in a week and that was it. Mm -hmm. You know, you didn't even get good at cold calling yet. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Making calls. I mean, what did you say on the call? Like, right, right. why are you wanting to call? Like we, that's, we always talk about, you know, don't pick up the phone to call someone. If you don't know exactly what the purpose of the call is, you should be driving it a step forward. So this call is meant for, I'm going to have this client complete a pre-purchase consultation link so that I can then schedule a 15 minute meeting with them. That's a right. success, but just calling and being like, Hey, how are you doing? Well, what do you want? Right. Like, what's the purpose of why you're doing what you're doing? And so, yeah, calling to calling or just trying to check off check boxes, it doesn't do anything and it doesn't help your confidence if those aren't yielding results or at least the next step in the process. Love it, man. Love it. So real quick, as we're kind of wrapping up here, man, um, what is, what would you say is one thing that loan officers can implement in their business that can allow them to, to grow or, or to see some sort of success? You know, what would you say is like the one big thing that can, that can take them to the next level? I mean, the, we could say a ton of things, but I think for those that maybe are just on their own right now, and if you're at a point where you want to take the next step, I think you got to hire and get an add to your team. If you don't feel like you're there yet, then you should get your place mentally to go, all right, once I hit this metric, then I'm going to take the plunge because it's always the, I can't afford to hire a new person. Okay. You can't afford to not hire a new person. I and mean, we've heard that a ton, but it's true that 
you're hindering your growth and your income capabilities, your quality of life. If you are just too afraid to take on somebody and then that's a whole nuance itself. But I think anybody on the call that's feeling pretty good with where they're at, take the next step and hire somebody and know what they, what you want them to do. And I think that's going to be kind of that. All right. I'm totally now leveraged to be able to do a ton more things that I just don't have time to get done on my plate. So that would be like one thing. And I think if you're looking for a game changing thing for your business, um, check out the art of home ownership. I don't get paid to say that. I just believe in it. And it's been a, a huge growth for our business. And for anybody, again, that wants to, you know, bounce ideas off me, I'm more than happy to help. So awesome, man. Yeah. And, and, and uh, obviously Ryan is a, a super busy guy. So the fact that he's offering that just shows, you know, what kind of a heart he has for, for the industry, which is awesome. And thank you, Ryan, so much for being here, man. I think that's huge as far as, you know, growing a team. I, I do think that that's the biggest lever that people can pull, especially if they're at the point where they're working 10, 12, 14 hour days uh, and they're at the capacity, right? Like the, the, the reality is so many times people think that no one can replace them, that they're, you know, that they have to do every piece of the, the pie. And the reality is you're not that important, right? Like, yeah, like, you know, you're good at that stuff. That doesn't mean that you can't get replaced or someone else can't do it at 75% capacity that you can, which frees up your time to do hundred percent of what you're the best at. Right. And so if that is, you know, maybe you're not good at, I mean, I, I finally hired an ops manager about a year ago. It was one of the best decisions I ever made because I was trying to think in systems and my mind thinks in big visions and big ideas and like, just go, go, go. And so like, I never slowed down enough to put, systems in place. I mean, I had rudimentary systems, but we, we pretty much tripled in size in like six months and everything just started breaking. And I was like, Oh crap, now what do I do? And I'm like, let me just will my way to the next level. Let me just work more hours. Let me just, you know, just grind it out. Just be in the business until I realized like, this is just me trying to operate it, not in my zone of genius. And that doesn't serve the business, right? It doesn't serve the business. doesn't serve our clients at the highest level. Um, and I, and I just, I had to make that decision that, you know, for, for the time being profitability is going to go down. But if you think about it long-term, you know, I've, I've gained a bunch of sanity. Let's just say that I was pretty stressed. Um, you know, my hair was falling and I'm just kidding, but it was, uh, you know, my hair is getting gray, but that's probably just cause I'm getting old, um, all that fun stuff. But yeah, it was, it was a, it was a big, it was a big investment, but it was also, you know, thinking for the future. And I think that's the thing too, is, people don't plan for the future and all of a sudden they get there and they're like, Oh crap, I should have hired six months ago. You know what I mean? Because now I'm at the point where I can't hire someone because I can't, I really don't have more time. Um, yeah. So I love it, man. It's a life of an entrepreneur, right? You, you know, a lot of times you end up realizing the person you hired can do a lot of things surprisingly better than you can. And yeah, you're, it's putting the ego aside and just going, I need help. I want help, but also letting, yeah, letting them do it their way. And if they do it 70% the way that you would want them to, as long as it gets done, it doesn't matter, right? You can call them right. A tasks or B tasks. Some are non-negotiables. They need to be done perfectly every time. But majority of tasks and things for a business don't need to be done the way exactly you do them. It, it gets done at the end of the day. And so, yeah, the, the first time our team hired, which, you know, was more than I think three years ago now, looking back, that was the catalyst that spurred our growth to where we're at today to being able to get another guy on our team a year ago. So, right. Um, yeah, I think believe in yourself and just in, in invest in yourself. And even if it's not to make more money, it's to, like you said, Lou, get your sanity back, spend time with your family, go, mm -hmm. 
go do what you love to do besides just, you know, working all the time. There's more to life than that. Yep. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. So thank you so much, uh, Ryan, for being here, man. Uh, I, I know you already offered this. So is there anywhere that people can get a hold of you or what's the best way for people to kind of contact you if they do want some of this information? Yeah. So I'll just, my email is the Niles team at houseloan.com T H E N I L E S T E A M at H O U S E L O A N.com. You can also text me. Probably won't pick up if you call my cell phone's two zero six. 949-4326. But shoot me a text and just we'll carve out some time and I'm uh, more than happy to to help out in any way I can. Awesome. Thank you so much, Ryan. So thank you for being here. And you know, again, for everybody who's listening, just you know, think about how you can provide more value to your real estate partners, your referral partners, because at the end of the day, you know, that's how you're really going to go out there and get a business that's sustainable, right? And I think, you know, Ryan's done, done, done a lot of things the right way, getting direct to the consumer, being able to hand off deals to his real estate partners, also providing just other value to his partners and creating a good experience, right? Like you've created a lot of different things, um, you know, and some people are like, how do I just pick one of these? Right. But it's just, you know, finding one or two things like you mentioned, one or two things that work for you, uh, for your business and sticking to those things and, and, and perfecting those things. And when you've perfected them, that may, then and maybe then you can move, you know, you can move to some other platform or some other strategy, but perfect the strategy before you start you know, moving into everything else. So thank you so much for being here. And uh, thank you for listening. Have a good day. Bye, brother. Bye. Thank you for tuning into the Loans On Demand podcast on loansondemandpodcast.com. The Loans On Demand podcast.